What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to the No Easy Buckets podcast. Uh, your hosts, Jacob and Walker, are back. Had a little bit of a hiatus. Um, last uh, last you heard from us was the NCAA tournament breakdown, um, but we're you know back as day one of the playoffs starts here on Saturday. Um, just kind of, I know it started today, but we're just kind of looking at uh, our our big storylines of the playoffs, kind of some a little bit of insight into the series, and just a little conversation about you know the how the playoffs are going to start out. Yeah, right off the top, first question I have for you before we dive into anything, will we see another rematch in the finals? <laughs> I mean, I've thought so the whole year. I mean, that's kind of what I've been leaning towards. Uh, I mean, I don't see I don't see either team getting beat, um, even though the Cavs didn't get the, the one seed. But there's uh, the only team I think could, that could, could challenge it in the West is probably probably Houston. And I don't even know, like, as the season got longer, I don't even think, like, now that Durant's back healthy, I don't even think that'll happen. So I think we're seeing a rematch, three, a three-peat for the finals. Yeah, I, I've kind of been back and forth on it. It's kind of the whole playoff LeBron thing. And it's the the lingering question, is the, is the Cavs' struggle late in the season actually serious? Or are they just coasting? What I mean, what are they, 23 and 23? Um, after the All Star break or whatever it is, so something crazy like that, blowing the forty point lead to the Hawks in the fourth quarter, uh, we don't need to get into that. But I, I worry if their their defense is really really poor, and I you can I think they talked about this on the Simmons and Vernon pod. You can flip the switch, certainly with your offense, but but there's some defensive uh, parts of that as well. So I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that their defense is, is where it needs to be and it certainly didn't look so in that, that Pacers game today. But we're not here to break down that game. Storylines <laughs> from the playoffs. The first one, like you, you already mentioned it, Katie coming back. We saw this year it took them a little bit of time to get into their offensive sets. You know, who does what when, how would Steph and Katie and everyone coexist? They finally got there. Then Katie gets hurt. Now Steph is playing super well. How is this going to affect him in the playoffs? Yeah, we saw a little bit of an adjustment uh, throughout the beginning of the season. Um, they weren't on the 73-win pace or whatever it was last year. I mean, if, if you can follow up that season. But, I mean, I think that was kind of – I mean, you saw those Heat teams with LeBron back in the day when they first joined forces. Like, the first two years they were together, they got the two-seed, I think, to the Bulls. So you you see that kind of – Super teams have uh, have to get used to each other. I don't think that um, they have anything to worry about going into the playoffs. Um, that was, if you had to be devil's advocate, I would say that if you see Steph kind of get put in a locker or get uh, knocked off his game like he did in the finals last year, then then that might be the the what causes them to slip. But you know, Steph seemed pretty locked on this year. I mean, he's even towards the end of the season put up. MVP like numbers, I don't think that uh, I don't think they have anything to worry about. They're they're pretty rock solid. The, the bench is a little thin, but I mean you you don't have to worry about anything when you have three stars out there. I think uh, I think they're good to go. Uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup with them and the them with the uh, the Blazers. I think there might be like a Dame Lillard game out there where he drops you know forty five points or something like that. Yeah, fifty is not out of the question. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But I mean, I think it's a sweep. I don't think it's. I think they're going to be in that. That you know, that they don't. They're going to be like LeBron in the first round, where they don't. They don't really get touched very much. So, I think it's going to be pretty easy pickings for them. Uh, it's going to be. 
I guess the, the main concern for them is just KD not getting hurt or got, not tweaking that, retweaking that injury uh, in, a, in a meaningless game versus Portland, which is I think is the only thing they have to worry about. It'll be interesting to see how many minutes he plays. I mean, obviously he'll start, but and you're probably going to see him coming out at the six-minute mark at the first quarter. I would, I would think extended rest. I mean, surely we're not going to see him more than 30 minutes a game this series, right? No, I don't think so. I, I think you're going to see uh, the fourth quarters are not going to have many of their stars playing. You'll probably have Clay play the longest of anybody just because, you know, he doesn't have the ball in his hands much and he can just kind of spot up. But you're, you're a lot, kind of like today, you know, in the Grizzlies game, Kawhi played 32 minutes and didn't play a single second in the fourth quarter. Like, that's going to be how those games are going to go for them, and they're going to use that rest to kind of get it. Everybody's going to be in tune, but they're gonna, not going to have to worry about, you know, there's no back-to-backs. There's no, like travel day you know you don't you have plenty of two games or two days in between travel days and so like it's gonna they're gonna have plenty of rest in my opinion yeah i'd like to see portland put up a good fight i mean you know they'll be scrappy uh it'd be interesting to see will Nurkic be available because obviously they've been a completely different team with him so yeah uh, for the sake of everyone certainly for portland let's hope that Nurkic is playing um yeah. I, you know obviously lillard made the comment blazers and six i mean I don't know how much he believes that, but you can't you can't really hate on him for his confidence trying to instill that in his teammates. But I'm with you. I mean, it's a quick sweep here. Uh, think maybe think back to that uh, Warriors Pelican series. Was that two years ago when it was a sweep, yeah. but but the games were close and Anthony Davis kind of kept them in. I think there was uh, one overtime game in that series that kind of looked like they might win. That the Pelicans might still won, but of course Steph <laughs> Steph won it. Yeah, Steph going to Steph, so you can't. Of course. It's the first round, so they're they're not, it, this yeah. isn't this isn't Spurs Grizzlies from was it four years ago maybe as much as we would like for it to be, but it's just not yeah. going to be the case. And we know the NBA, they're going to get all the calls. You know they want the they want the rematch. So let's not yeah. forget that. No, no. But yeah, I mean, other than that, in the West, I think the only that you know the biggest series that we're going to see the I guess the most appointment television is probably. You know the Harden Westbrook battle because uh, they've already MVP voting is already in. It'll probably be out. You know who's the winner here in the next like week or so. I think no, they no, actually, it's like, actually after the after the playoffs. Oh really? So they don't? I, yeah, somebody, it's I saw somewhere where they might present the trophy during the finals, even if the player is not there. But I I, I don't know like when that'll come out. But that's crazy. That's actually better for the series that it's not out because they still kind of even though the voting is in, it's like both players still want to prove to the other one. The, who's the real MVP? So. Can you imagine the chip on whoever's shoulder that didn't win it in the series? Yeah, I mean it, that would be that would be insane. I mean, if Harden, I actually think Harden's going to finish second again, and uh, I mean that would be two second place MVPs already for this guy, and you know that's that's enough right there to drive somebody crazy. And who knows what he's going to be next year? I can't wait to see that. But, yeah, and on, on the flip side, I mean, imagine. They've kind of tossed this around lightheartedly, but imagine Russ not winning it. <laughs> what do we do? We you know is it forty and twenty and fifteen? No, no, it's obviously not. But um, I don't I think. I think he. I think if that if that is the case, I think next year you just see like some outrageous individual feats. Like it. It's like his team will probably be worse than it is this year, but he'll put up like. Better, I would say you would see his scoring increase. That would be the only thing that would be 
that would change probably. I could see him averaging like, you know, 33, 35 a game, something like that, which is an amazing number. But I don't see like, you know, really any statistical change after averaging a triple-double. You can't really hope for anything better. Yeah, the MVP vote is so interesting. It's all about how you define what valuable is because like you just said, next year if that was to happen, Westbrook will probably increase his scoring average, may make his team worse. Um, so it's like, you know, this year he was valuable to them because he put the team on his back. But on the flip side, you know, Harden actually made his team better. So, I mean, it really comes down to whatever you think is right or valuable. But uh, we know one thing that's for sure. Uh, the majority of America or the world, especially on Twitter, is a big recency bias kind of thing. And whoever plays better in the series, that's who people are going to think, you know, of course, should win the MVP, which is not the case. It's, it's about the body of work. So thankfully, voting is already done. Um, I think it would it would affect it probably more than it should if it was voted on after after this series. Right, right. It's like if you if you factor in conference championships in college football into the Heisman vote, yeah, I don't really think you can do that because uh, you know it's really like an you know it's it's like extra time. It's like you got to see what people do in the, over the course of the season. You can uh, you know it's like voting on college basketball player of the year, like for somebody that played good in the tournament or something, like giving Shabazz Napier the <laughs> the Naismith Award or something. Uh, Naismith Player of the Year, just because he got hot in the tournament. Like it's you, you've got to go the full body of work. You can't just have a sample size, small sample size. Right. But, I mean, I think I think this series is like interesting because while I think Houston is a like a much better team all around, and I think they should win this series. Like if they have a couple games where they're you know they're not on, or maybe they uh, maybe Harden gets you know bump you know bruised up a little bit or something like you know okay so you can steal a few games and all of a sudden it could be game six or game seven and it could get interesting you know if you get that's the thing if you get the game you get the series to six or seven games like anything can happen because it's a one game series after that basically like you know it's houston needs to take care of business from the get-go and you need to have a 2-0 lead going back to okc in my opinion like you can't let you can't be it can't be any different than that it has to be 2-0 for them yeah uh, well, you I mean you look back in the regular season, the Rockets won the series three one, but no game yeah. uh, was a huge blowout. I mean, there were a couple. There was a twelve point victory, um, and then there was two, a two point victory, a three point victory for the Rockets, and a two point victory for the Thunder. So, uh, although the Rockets did get the best of them, and not necessarily by a wide margin, and and we've seen in the past that regular season performances and uh, record against one another doesn't always dictate or you know it doesn't always t- it's not always telling of what's going to happen in the playoffs one one thing that's interesting to me is obviously Roberson is a terrible offensive player but he's certainly a good defensive player so having him to to be put on Harden you know especially in in the playoffs when it co- becomes much more of a one-on-one game um, is super important for the Thunder but on the flip side I'm not sure if if Pat Beverly is quite enough to to handle Russell Westbrook for four quarters. I mean, I know yeah. you know he went bush league a couple of years ago, and you know ha- he came up on Russell when he was about to call a timeout and hurt him and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that'll be in the back of Russ's mind. But I think that that kind of advantage goes to the Thunder having the better defender. But ultimately, the Rockets are just too good for them. They're going to pour in way too many threes, and you have to think that. 
somewhere in the 112 to 115, 118 range is probably going to win these games. And if if you like a lot of people are saying, if you pencil in 40 um, from Russ, I mean, what, what where's the, the the other 65, 70 points going to come from? I'm I'm not sure that that's going to be possible. Um, not for certainly not for four games. No, and I mean uh, having Roberson to guard uh, Harden is a you know it's a it's a good thing for the Thunder, but also you know on the other end like it's also somebody that Harden can just relax on and save right. his energy for the offensive end, sure. which is probably what they'll do. Yeah, I mean because you don't want Harden on Westbrook whatsoever. Not at all. Him switching on there and like you can. Because the thing is with like Roberson is a lot of times he doesn't even get really much in their screen game. He usually just stays in the corner and kind of cuts a lot like a Tony Allen or something. You know, Tony mm-hmm. Allen kind of just floats around. So you can kind of hide Harden in the corner on him and give him rest his legs and you know kind of just give him a give him a break. Whereas for the Thunder, you know, Westbrook's probably going to have to be running around for all their shooters. So he's not he's not going to have as much of a break, or if he does take a break on the defensive end, they're going to get uh, taken advantage of. So I think it's a, an interesting dynamic there for sure. I mean, how many minutes is you know is Russ going to play in the series per game? I mean, it's it's forty plus surely because yeah. who's who's running? I mean, look at the Grizzlies game tonight. I mean, we didn't have anyone running the offense when the second unit was out there. Where you know, as Patty Mills is running an effective offense, it's kind of the same thing there. I mean, whether it's Pat Beverly that stays out there or someone like Lou Williams that running the offense for the second unit, you know, they're not going to miss a beat uh, offensively. No. Um, that's that's a that's a huge huge concern for me is how the Thunder are going to combat them when when the starters aren't on the floor. I really think you see Russ play upwards of forty three to forty five minutes. Like Ooh. I really think it's. I mean. I think you see them do strategic breaks, like maybe giving him, uh, sitting him for a minute, like right after a, a long, a long timeout, or uh, you know, right before halftime type deal, like you pull him out in the last minute before halftime or something like that. Um, I mean, I, I think he's not going to want to come off the court. I mean, they have they, their backup point guard, Kristen, maybe worse than Andrew Harrison, and I mean that's I'll say he is. something. Yeah, yeah, he probably is. Like they don't really. I mean. Oladipo, actually, he can run. Uh, if they stagger them enough, I think he can run the second unit or he can kind of control it a little bit um, on their, uh, when Westbrook is out. But, you know, I, I, think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to let himself come out of the game very much. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, think, I think we're all just ex- probably more excited for that series, at least I am, than, other yeah. than the Grizzlies, of course. Um, not really right now after tonight, but I'm probably more excited for that series than, than anything just because of all the, the, the speculation of the MVP, of course, and they're just going to want to go out to prove each other wrong. And, of course, there's you know they, they play together, so they know a lot of each other's tendencies. So um, there will be times when they get matched up on each other, and uh, we'll, we'll see how they react to, to getting taken to the dish because uh, you know, Westbrook's super fiery and Harden is as well, so we'll see if... One can get in under each other's skin, maybe. Yeah, and you know, kind of with the we talked about it a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, me and you, we the Spurs and uh, after the Spurs and the Grizzlies game. Uh, you know, the Spurs. If you don't know, the Spurs <laughs> beat the Grizzlies one one eleven to eighty two. Um, got a superstar game Ouch. out of Gasol. Yeah, got a superstar game out of Gasol. Um, and that was it. Right. You hate to waste that game, but it. You know, it wasn't. 
that's the winner of this series is going to face a, a tough team in probably Houston or, or OKC. And you like to think the Grizzlies can compose some sort of threat over the course of a series, and I think they can. But really balancing out that second unit and the rotations for Fizdale is probably going to be the, the main question there in the series. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't we don't have anyone that can that can run an office an offense as effective as we need. I mean, it's so hard to even remember the fact that we have Chandler Parsons on our roster and the fact that you know him combined with Tony Allen, we've got a hundred million dollars worth of players that aren't playing in this series, which is a staggering number um, and should uh, you know affect you in your performance. Um, that being said, I think we can still win without him. Um, but we, we're definitely lacking uh, just another ball handler like you talked about with Oladipo that maybe we could mix the rotations that could run a little bit of offense um, when when Andrew's on the floor, you know, so he doesn't have to carry the ball up the court every single time. Right, right. And uh, we definitely have the firepower to, to be, I mean, in my opinion, Conley and Gasol are at a level in their careers that, you know, they're the second and third best players in the series to Kawhi. And I think it's a pretty wide margin, second and third place, you know, between third and fourth place, you know, with Lamar, even with LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, he being a pretty good player, but I still think he's far, uh, pretty far away from those two guys. And I mean, it, you just wish that there was somebody else that could score. Cause as you saw today, there, there wasn't really, you know, even with Vince out there, who had a couple buckets, there wasn't Vince Carter, there wasn't really anyone else that could get a, get a basket when you needed it, uh, especially on that second unit because Zebo wasn't mm-hmm. playing very well. So I think you, you'll, you, won't have, you won't have a game as bad as this one from, from Zach Randolph again. You're gonna, he's going to play better. You know, that this is probably his, his, his floor for the series. Um, so I think you, you will probably, you know, there's a chance we can get a, a game or two at home. And like I said, with the, the Thunder and the Rockets, you know, if you get the series to six games, you, you're, you know, it's basically like a one game from there on out. Like you, you just you got to get it, you got to get it back to game six to where it's going to be at your home court as, as the you know as the lower seed. If you can get it to game six, you can win that game. You know it's 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 anything can happen from there. So I think that's the what you, the best you can hope for. And hopefully, you know with the extended rest of the playoffs that Tony Allen can can rehab a little bit faster. I feel like you're going to see some kind of dramatic return in game three with, in, in in FedEx Forum. So. I feel like we'll see something like that from him. You know, he'll he'll be out there ready to play in one of those games. I don't see him sitting out this whole series. Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope not. I know his, I think his calf strain was pretty serious. So um, I don't know if you you saw that picture the Grizzlies posted of him tonight in the suit, and then he came back and I think replied back to that that uh, tweet with a couple of crying face emojis. Uh, he's yeah. super sad about being on the sideline. So. Yeah, I mean, just taking a look at the box score, you know, Zebo minus 39, Harrison minus 19, Ennis minus 28, Troy Daniels minus 29. Um, all those are bench guys. I mean, that's that's just not going to get it done. So, uh, and I know if it really felt like the Spurs could just throw anything in the basket tonight. And, and they're, they're a really good offensive team, and that's it's going to happen. But if you're that, that bad in your second unit, I mean, you can – almost be the Warriors and, and still potentially not have enough firepower if your bench guys are minus minus twenty and thirty and forty. Yeah, that that's you just can't have that. It's just not it's just the that's the part when you get in the playoffs that even if you have a couple stars that 
if there's nothing around him. It's just like LeBron back when he was uh, his first few years in the playoffs with Cleveland. You know, you had the best, you know, top two or three player in the league at that time, but you didn't have anybody else around him. And you just, you're not going to beat teams like, especially San Antonio. That's why it was important for us to maybe get, you know, one of the, the, the um, sixth or the fifth seed to hopefully play a different team. But, you know, that's a, it's a, you know, mute point. We got to deal with injuries. You got to deal with what you got. And still think we can stretch the series out to at least six games with San Antonio. So just got to hope that we can get to that point. I think there's some, uh, I think there'll be some, uh, hopefully they don't stick us on NBA TV for, for game two and three. So um, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's still some, some good primetime matchups. Uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to, interesting to watch, but. You know, on the flip side, I mean, look at all the, all the people online that have publicly professed Kawhi Leonard as their MVP. Right. I mean, even before, even before tonight's game, when he clearly, you know, stamped it with his authority, um, we knew that he would be hands down the best player in this series, and it's really not close. Um, and sometimes when you just have the best player on the floor, people feed off that, and they certainly did tonight. LA got it rolling, um, but again, I think we'll get get into this game a little bit more later. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, storyline here is will the, will the Grizzlies bench be able to to provide? Any kind of boost from for Mike and Mark. Yeah, and we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, as we are actually recording this podcast, we're watching the, uh, or at least I am watching the Utah. Yeah, I am as game. well. It just when they were tied and going into the half, I think they're about to start the second half. But you know that's a that's a series that I was from most pundits. You know they were saying it's a toss up. Most analysts were saying it was a toss up. We saw the the. You know the quick uh, first minute injury for Rudy Gobert, which could completely change this series if he goes out. But retroact, you know, thinking back to the you know beginning of it, you know, Utah really really showed out this year, and uh, you know LA kind of kind of faltered but held on to keep that four seed. I think it's two good teams. Uh, the Jazz, I think, are kind of built to to be a, a solid squad over the next couple next couple years, and the Clippers are kind of coming towards the end of their. Uh, you know, four or five year run. That, you know, if if they lose a couple of guys in free agency, like if, if you can call it a run, right? If you can call it a run of not making it past the second round, <laughs> but they were exciting at least, I guess, for some people. Um, but I think if you lose a couple, you know, just one of those guys, or maybe both, and Paul and and uh, Griffin, you know, I think you could see that uh, that that team drastically changes. But I think it'll be a fun series. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good matchups in here. You got. Uh, the old man Joe Johnson putting up a lot of points, uh, which is uh, which is fun to watch. And Boris Diaw, Joe Ingles, <laughs> Joe Ingles and Boris Diaw. I mean, the Jazz have some fun players. The Jazz. Shout out Mississippi State, Rodney Hood, sort of, sort of, sort of. He probably wouldn't admit that he went there. Um, he probably wouldn't. They actually mentioned all the broadcast earlier tonight. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, they actually got the name of the school right, which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, probably probably called but, it Ole Miss or something. But yeah, I like the uh, you know the Jazz. The Jazz were a team that I thought uh, you know of course the Grizzlies beat them several times. Or I think it was three one throughout the season, or maybe four zero, or maybe three zero. I can't remember how many times we played them. But I thought we were uh, you know I, I do think we're a better team than them. But you know looking at this their squad, you know they're they're very deep. They have guys on the bench that can get buckets like Johnson, like Ingles and uh, Dio. Yeah, and Dio, the French the Frenchman. Um, I think it'll be pretty. Uh, Pretty cool, pretty interesting series. I think it's probably six or seven games, without a doubt, unless Gobert's hurt. Yeah, I mean, six if, or seven. It's funny. I mean, if Gobert's out, the initial reaction is 
it's kind of a no contest because they really don't have anyone to deal with Blake and DeAndre inside. But as we're watching this, I mean, Eagles has hit a lot of shots. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of contributions from those role type of players that you have to have to win, um, especially in a dogfight style, you know, series where there's not really a stand. I mean, like you said, a lot of the pundits said it was going to be a toss up. So you've got to get contributions from, from everywhere. Um, but one thing that's interesting to me is, like you, like you mentioned, is, is is this the last of the Clippers that we're going to see? I mean, many people think Carmelo would be here next year, um, but I think certainly they've got it. They've got to change up the team. I think Bill Simmons even said, uh, you know, look for for Doc to be a candidate for. Um, and right there, there's a Joe Ingles air ball. Um, Doc to be a candidate for the Orlando Magic GM job. I mean. So it could potentially not only be some new core pieces, but also uh, a brand new coach. I mean, a, a just all around. And maybe that's the beginning of uh, the end for them in Staples Center. Maybe they they try to move. Maybe they try to go and you know create the talks. I'm sure you, if you listen to Steve Ballmer with Bill Simmons, they he tried to ask him about that. But all Ballmer would say is they still have some years on a lease with, at Staples. So I wonder if this is kind of will be the catalyst to really get the ball rolling. Um, so really, I think that's the storyline for me is through the whole playoffs with the Clippers is are we going to blow it up in the off season? Yeah, that is that is pretty interesting. If you if you want to start out something new like that, you you, you want to have a player like Chris Paul probably head up that squad in the next few years if they can re-sign him. Um, <laughs> going if I was Orlando, I definitely would want Doc Rivers as my GM. I, in my opinion, of course, I mean he's he's had some actually some good pickups this year for LA, but I don't think. I don't know if uh, he would be the right person to bring that team out of uh, out of the shambles that it's been in. Uh, but I mean, hey, he's a, he's a big name. Maybe he put people in the seats. Maybe he could get the right coach in there because they do have some talent in Orlando. But um, I think it's up and down, pretty a pretty up and down series. It'll be fun to watch, uh, especially if Gobert's not hurt. Um, kind of transitioning over to the to the Eastern Conference, uh, the uh, surprise one seed Boston Celtics. Which uh, out of nowhere, kind of, or not out of nowhere, people thought they'd be, you know, probably a top four seed this year, top four team this year. But you know, to to strangle that one seed away from Cleveland was pretty impressive. Um, uh, to kind of this their team top to bottom just like works well together, kind of like Spurs, Spurs East in a way, just uh, don't have that superstar like Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Celtics fan. I I, I think team chemistry and team morale is. So important. We really saw that earlier in the season with Boston. They were playing with a, a bigger chip on their shoulder. It seems like some of that has kind of went away. Um, yeah. But you know, as we know, I mean, the playoffs changes things. People they'll be fired up. Um, I don't think that series is going to be close at all. I mean, I I mean potential sweep there for me. I don't. Chicago's is not any good. I know there's the joke about the Bulls being on national TV and especially Rondo and how they like to turn up for that, but. I think the Celtics are just too much, too deep, um, especially if they're making their threes. I don't, the Bulls aren't going to be able to contend with them. Um, yeah. You know, second round it would get a little bit more interesting, especially if Washington um, can get past Atlanta, which you know I'm sure we'll touch on here in a second. But you know, Washington has the ability to match them small, so I think that'd be a super fun series. You know, up and down, run and gun type type of series. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually think Chicago is going to be uh, it's throughout the. I think it's going to be is going to push them to five or six. I think Chicago has a chance there. I mean, 
they have the legitimately the best player in the series and Jimmy Butler, who the Celtics yeah. you know reportedly wanted in the at the trade deadline. So I think you, like in the playoffs, I think a lot of Boston's team has has more playoff experience than anybody on uh, a lot of Chicago's team. Excuse me, has more playoff experience right, than Boston's right, right. squad, especially their best player in uh, in Jimmy over uh, Isaiah Thomas and. I think it's. Uh, I think there's a chance there. You could see Hoiberg really come into his own in the playoffs, and if you get like the the vengeful Rondo, of course uh, he's he definitely wants to give it to Boston. I think there's a couple players in there that want to give it to Boston. You know, D Wade, his uh, battles with the, with with the old Celtics when he was in Miami. I think there's some good. There's some some potential there for uh, Chicago to scare them, and if and if you have. Uh, like I know in the playoffs last year, Isaiah really didn't do much. If you if you, if Isaiah doesn't show up, which we saw today, unfortunately, his uh, his sister was was tragically killed in a car accident. Which you know thoughts and prayers out to Isaiah and the Celtics. You know if something happens and and Isaiah doesn't uh, you know play like he did over the course of the season in this series, I could see Chicago pulling off that crazy eight one upset. But I mean it's on it's, it's not it's not I wouldn't bet on it, but I, I could still see it. Yeah, I mean, I think I read somewhere where this is the worst record for a one seed in quite some time. So, um, yeah. like you mentioned, they're going to have the best player in the series. It's it's really not close unless Isaiah is just playing out of his mind, kind of reverting back to that when he went through the whole four-quarter stretch in which he was just untouchable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely bring up some good points and, you know, make me want to shy away from a from a four- or five-game Serious, so maybe maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised with it with it going either way because if you know if Jimmy Butler wants out of Chicago, I mean if if they get down to him, I mean he could check out. So who right. who who really knows? I mean I think that Boston is probably regretting the fact that they didn't trade um, one of those picks for either Paul George or, or Jimmy buckets because of how down Cleveland is, and they they probably you know could have, with one of those guys you they they would have easily been the favorites I would say yeah um, to make it to the finals. Um, you know, beating the Warriors is is a different deal. So maybe it wouldn't have been the right right decision. But again, we love hindsight and we love the what if. Yeah, it's always you can always ask what if. I still think uh, that's what's going to keep Boston from being uh, able to compete in the end with Cleveland and teams like Golden State and San Antonio. Is that player like Paul George or Jimmy Butler? And uh, I think it's going to come from a different person too. I don't think either of those players are going to end up in Boston. I think uh, they're going to kind of carve their own one out. Uh, maybe Hayward. Uh, hey, yeah, that, that's the that's the word. I don't, I don't know if I'd make that. I don't know if I would mortgage the future on him. I mean, he's worth no. the max for sure. I mean, if you're going to pay Chandler Parsons what you paid him, I definitely hey. think Gordon Hayward is is worth uh, worth a max as well. So I think uh, he wouldn't be a bad uh, bad choice if you put. I think with Gordon Hayward though, like you need a quality point guard with him. And that's the luxury Boston has is probably going to, if they are able to get the number one pick, you're going to probably get Markel Fultz from Washington, who I think is going to be a all-star caliber player uh, for, you know, over the course of his career, you know, at least, uh, or I think like a Markel Fultz's floor is kind of like a, you know, a, a Mike Conley. So maybe you don't see an all, a lot of all-star appearances. It's a high floor. Seasons. Yeah, it's a high floor. <laughs> I Conley's think, in the East. He's like a seven-time right, right, all-star. Right, right. But I think that's the type of player he is. That's the type of like player they're going to get, and uh, hopefully they're able to get that number one pick. But I think that's the type of player Fultz is. And you know, maybe if you pair them with uh, with Hayward and and uh, Horford and the other 
role players that they have, if they're able to keep Avery Bradley as that defensive stopper. Then, uh, I'm a big a Avery Bradley spot. fan. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to try to keep him. If you're able to address uh, in this year's free agency, if you're able to address that other wing position with like Hayward or somebody, or you are you do end up trading for one of those players uh, like a George or, or Butler, I think you got to try to keep Bradley as that two guard because you don't want him to. If, Bradley's best role to me is not having to do too much offensively and uh, being more like a you know just a three and D, but being able to being a very very good defender. So um, I think that's kind of how you how uh, Boston's best uh, I guess recipe for success would be that. But I think you uh, I do think they went come out of this series to face you know like Washington or Atlanta, which a lot of people are a lot of people in the news are picking Washington in like four or five games, which. Atlanta is sneaky, and they like last year they beat Boston in the in the in the first round easily, and you know they've had success, uh, you know lately at the end of the season they've got some players there. I think uh, I don't think it's definitely gonna I don't think it's gonna be an easy walk for Washington whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. And one one thing I do want to touch back on real quick is we were talking yeah. about mortgaging the future with Gordon Hayward. It it kind of reminds me, like you just said, you know if put Gordon Hayward on their team now you probably still make the comment of well, they still wouldn't have the best player in the series because Jimmy Butler's a, right. a better player than he is so I don't even know if that is worth it so it's it's going to be so interesting to see um, what they do I mean they're going to have you know probably the number one pick if not the top two or three um, and you I mean they're either going to get Fultz or Ball to run the show so I mean I know you, I think you really like Ball as far as a push the pace kind of guy yeah. and control the tempo so um, their opportunities are so limitless and then I believe they've got the Brooklyn pick again next year which I know the draft's not quite as deep but I mean still it's, it's another you know potential number one or two or three picks so top talent is top talent I think uh, I think you made a good point you know he I think uh, with Hayward they wouldn't have the best player in the series with Hayward I think uh, the thing is, though, with the, with the East, like they talked about it today, with like Paul George never having made an NBA Finals, and he's a you know arguably one of the top two or three players in the East. Is you, you, as long as you have the buzzsaw that is LeBron James and whatever team he's on, you, <laughs> yeah, that's the best case scenario. Sometimes is Eastern Conference Finals, or you know maybe if you match up with him even sooner than that, it's that's it's that round. I mean, it's just so hard to measure the success of a team when. If your if your main goal is to make an NBA Finals and win an NBA Finals and you don't get there because you have the second or maybe the greatest player of all time in your way, like it's just it's an it's an amazing run for him. Uh, it just sucks sometimes to be other teams like that that they're so they're so good top to bottom, but they still don't they just don't have the best player of all time. <laughs> so you're not going to get past him, it's right? Just, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, maybe I do want to skip right over Washington, Atlanta, but yeah. um, like you said, they're sneaky. I mean, I like I like Coach Bud. Um, yeah. You know, they, they're also kind of like a Spurs East, of course, him coming from the Spurs culture, so he kind of knows what it takes uh, to win in the playoffs, learning under Pop, obviously with them having the, the longest tenure playoff streak, um, which would probably be never broken. Um, but, you know, they've got, they've got people that can, can fill it up sometimes. I mean, you know, we're not. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see like a twenty eight point game from Tim Hardaway. They they could win. You know, one of the one of the games in Atlanta. Um, yeah. But I mean, I am glad that that Beal and Wall are finally clicking together. It seems like 
we've been waiting on this for for quite some time, maybe since they first came into the league, which you know they they certainly weren't polished yet. Not that they're fully polished now, but I mean they're they're definitely much much better players now. And to see them finally clicking together um, is is super refreshing. I, I don't I don't know though if Atlanta can win the series. Um, I, I I would pick I would pick Washington probably maximum of six. Um, I don't, you know, they, they're going to have to get some major contributions from, from Dwight Howard. I mean, I, I think that wall is going to torch Schroeder and I, I mean, I like Schroeder, but I think, I think that wall is just, is just too much. Um, they're just going to have too much talent for me and I'm going to go Washington. Uh, but again, I mean, it's people like Tim Hardaway. I mean, you never know. I mean, Torian Prince torched the Grizzlies this year. So I don't know if someone yeah. like him could, could maybe have a game, but they're, again, it seems like a lot of my thoughts are going back to where where is the contribution going to come from other than your superstars. I mean, we know Millsap is going to get his, um, but but who else is, is going to put, put up the numbers? Right. I think uh, Otto Porter, uh, his resurgence this year kind of really, oh, yeah. his really not really resurgence. It's like him actually coming into coming his out, own yeah. this year. Is, it's called playing for that contract. Right. I mean, he's shooting plus 40% from, from three this um, year. It's and like he might be like plus forty two or forty three. Right, he's up there. I mean, him and Bill both. I mean, you're they're a, they're a tough team that I think would give Boston problems or whoever is in the second round they play if they make it there. I think they they have a good shot. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people said that Cleveland wanted to avoid them, which is over the Raptors, which I don't I don't know about that, but right. I mean, it's uh they've got some good, they got a good squad. I like what they did. You know, Scott Brooks has actually shown that. You know he he can still coach even without two superstars like uh, he had with Durant and Westbrook and I think he's maybe actually even a better, better fit for him now. Right, yeah. I think he's doing a better job. You know, I think he's actually you know being able to coach more and not having to to rely on those players. But uh, I think it'll be an interesting series. It won't be you know it won't be a highlight ridden series. You know, highlight filled series. But it'll be good basketball, good coached basketball, and uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of good. Uh, Good play from people like John Wall and Paul Millsap, so two, two stars in the league. But I mean, if you want to touch on it today, like the 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 Cavs, the Cavs Pacers was the uh, the first game. Hold of the playoffs. On, Quick question, quick yeah. question. Over under for uh, twelve total quarters that you watch in the Wizards Hawks series. Oh, totally under, definitely under. <laughs> not yeah, definitely definitely under. Not not that I. Not not to be hating on them, uh, just probably they'll. I guarantee you their games are going to start at like four o'clock. <laughs> You're going to be at work time. still. So. I'm going to be like walking home from work, like not even thinking about basketball yet. Probably headed to the gym or something. Like those those games are not going to. It's not appointment television. Sure. Catch the catch some some highlights of them or to catch the replay. I don't know if League Pass stores footage of the playoffs or not, but I'll have to check it out. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Cleveland and, and Indiana. Yeah, that was a uh, the buzz saw. The buzz saw. It was actually a good game today. You saw a one point win from Cleveland. I think uh, you had a. I really, thought that shot was going in. I did too. I really thought you were going to see that, and then just all the articles. Everybody's column was going to be LeBron. My column. Can't flip the switch. My column. LeBron <laughs> has no switch anymore. Which I, I think you just had a really motivated. Uh, really motivated Indiana team. They were, you know, the Cleveland had control of that game pretty much the entire second half. And actually the Lance Stevenson return kind of sparked Indiana Loved in the late third quarter. Yeah. Um, good to see. I mean, good to see him playing well in that. He was in born ready, man. Yeah, he was. 
Larry Bird said he never should have left, but Larry Bird didn't want to pay him anything either, so you can't hate <laughs> on the guy for leaving. But um, but I think uh, Paul George will go back and forth. He'll probably average you know around 25, 26 for the series, uh, which will be fun to watch. But I don't. If they would have stolen this game, it would have been interesting. But I don't think. Uh, I think Cleveland comes out and wins Game Two, and then it's probably going to be a four to five game series at best. I don't think uh, they don't. Have, I don't think they have a chance. Yeah, I agree. I think that Cleveland will make some adjustments. I mean, I actually don't think that Ty Lue is that great of a coach, but I think they'll no. make some adjustments to to keep Paul George off the three point line. I mean, he really had a shot going today especially that one towards the end, you know, from deep when he was coming around the pick and just decided to pull up from, you know, 28, 29 feet. Uh, but I think, they'll, like you said, they'll make adjustments. They'll, they'll definitely win game two and probably at least one of three or four in Indiana. And neither, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they swept Indiana. I mean, they're not very good. No. Um, and then if, if they need to, they can just close out at the queue. In Game Five, but you're right. I mean, it just goes back to to LeBron James, man. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast got rolling. Any other year, and I mean, that's he's an MVP lock. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what is he average? What were it's, you uh, saying? It was something like, like twenty six, nine, and nine. Yeah, if you round up on the eight on the the numbers, he's like eight point like seven assists and like eight point six rebounds. So you're looking at like twenty six, nine, and nine. And he's also unlike even better than Harden and Westbrook. He's shooting fifty five percent from the field over the course of the season. I think that like, he, he has insane. the highest true shooting percentage of anyone. Yeah. Harden is second. Uh, but yeah. again, just just ridiculous from what, you know, definitely the greatest player now. Potentially, you know, when yeah. he's all said and done, potentially the greatest player we've ever seen. I mean, again, it's kind of like the MVP argument. It's just really about what you define as the greatest player of all time and what metric you're going to use. But as long as he's out there, I mean, they're going to be a favorite in a series in the East. Um, I, I, again, I, their defense is, is terrible, especially I, I read today at one point HP Basketball tweeted when LeBron was on the bench, their defensive rating was something like 150-plus, which is just an absolute you know, joke. Right. Um, but, I mean, if, if LeBron needs to play more minutes, he's, he's kind of a superhuman similar to Westbrook. I mean, if yeah. he he'll be out there as much as he needs to be out there because we know that um, you know the whole zero dark thirty thing for him he's got one thing on his mind and that's just to win another championship and he's not going to stop at yeah. anything to get that done and because of that uh, Indiana no chance no I don't I don't think so either he's uh, to touch on what you said just a second ago though you know with uh, not thinking you know Ty Lue not really being you know that great of a coach in your mind. Talking about what they went through after the All-Star break and then what got David Blatt fired last year. Uh-huh. Like, no one even questioned. It was so weird. Every time that there has been a uh, – LeBron has had a struggled – as a, his team has struggled, people have questioned the coach. I never really saw anybody say anything about Ty, uh, about Lou when they were going through this stretch, especially defensively. And the, usually that's a lot, uh, you know, scheme-wise based on what you're coaching, you know, is really like why you would have struggles defensively. No one really said anything about Lou being on the hot seat or anything like that. And I'm guessing it's because it's really the first coach that LeBron has ever really chosen. And that's kind of, uh, I guess, he, he probably so is going to be there. Until, he's he's going to be there until, Le, until LeBron says, says go. But 
you know, I, I actually like David Blatt. He kind of got a got a run out of town for a. Yeah, a, they got a bad rap. Right, he got a bad rap. He he, he didn't hate him. Rubbier, you know, the next yeah. one or two years. He's chilling with his buyout money right now. I'm sure. That's right. Just, uh, just hanging out, but that is interesting to see. That I wonder if, uh, especially defensively, if Lou is the reason why they're not able to to flip that switch. Maybe he just doesn't have it up his sleeve because you can't leave it all up to LeBron to be the the defensive coach as well. So. Um, but uh, that's not too much else, unless there's anything else you want to hit on with that series. Not really much. Well, else. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's LeBron, and that's that's where it starts, and that's where it'll finish. So, I mean, really, all we have left is to talk about Toronto and Milwaukee. I mean, not really an exciting series. Um, you know, Toronto definitely has uh, you know some playoff monkeys that they've got to try to get off their back, and uh, they're they're certainly not off to a good start after today's game. I mean, they got they kind of got run out of their own gym in the second half. Yeah, they uh, that was very it was a very crazy game because it was back and forth the whole time, and it was setting up for you know the experience and the poise of Lowry and DeRozan to kind of take over at the end, and you just I could kind of see the Raptors just winning by like five or six in the fourth quarter, but then you just like it was like nothing happened. You know, Lowry and DeRozan never picked it up. They couldn't hit shots, and the Bucks just kept going and and. The Bucks are a really deep team. They got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of players that you know. Even though uh, the Greek, you know, Giannis is not a very good outside shooter, they got plenty of guys around him. He, to, I mean, he keep the floor stretched. Do you think he's so he the best play. player in the series? Right. I, I think so. I I think it's definitely it's not crazy to say that. I I think he uh, definitely is probably the 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 best when you think about like youth and everything like that. I believe in the it was. Wasn't it the normal uh, Breen and JVG and Mark Jackson team that did the Cavs game today? Yeah. I believe that Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy were asking each other who they felt like the second best player in the East was. One of them said Kyrie Irving, and the other was like, no way. It's it's <laughs> the Greek it's the Greek freak. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, we talked about that a little bit today. I mean, is he the, he's the best player in the series. I think we both agree with that, and uh, he definitely played play well today, and and some of the other things we've talked about. Where are they going to get contributions from other people? I mean, we love people like Brogdon. Uh, they have such a good young core there. I mean, even even Thon Maker's name popped up today, uh, making some start. plays. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got and he made some a key defensive block there in the game. I remember that was part of the highlight package. Um, I didn't watch that whole game, uh, but that was something that I did see. So. Um, I mean, I think Milwaukee's got just as good of a shot to win this series as Toronto does, despite the seeding uh, being so yeah. different with the three hosts and the six. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, uh, you know, you saw like they've they've kind of highlighted like especially Lowry's struggles in the first round of the playoffs and how he has like one of the worst shooting percentages of of uh, any uh, of any player in the first round uh, with as many games as he's played. I think they find a way to get the win. I think the Bucks are still a little little young. I think uh, I think it'll you know go into Milwaukee one to one where they has to go. I mean, if you're in far as the Raptors' perspective, you have to win game right. two. But uh, they've they've been there. I think they're still the best matchup for Cleveland, and I think that you'll get that series in the second round. But this kind of gives you a glimpse into the future of how Jason Kidd's going to run the Bucks. And, uh, you know, he's going to surround Giannis. He's going to basically – Giannis is going to be the main distributor, the main ball handler. They're not worried about getting anybody uh, to be like a starting point guard type type player. 
You're going to surround him with shooters, but long shooters. Like they've everybody on their team is long. You got Middleton and Tony Snell, who Snell was like a throwaway. Oh yeah, from, from completely the, forgot the about Middleton. Yeah, like I mean, Snell basically the Bulls get which is a is a theme for the Bulls. They give away their players for nothing, in trades. <laughs> but they gave away Snell for basically nothing, and and uh, and he's a you know contributing starter, a really good outside shooter for them. Middleton is, uh, which somebody tried to say that they think that Middleton was the second best player in that series. Uh, saw a, a writer say that. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to say that yet. Because I do think DeRozan, even though I'm not a big fan of his game, I DeRozan and Lowry are probably better right, players than right, that. Right, right, and uh, can't forget PJ Tucker. Uh, but shout out, shout out. But um, I mean, they've got a good squad. They definitely have a. They're prime for an upset. You know, having the best player in the series, like like a like a Chicago with Jimmy Butler. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be uh, another series in the East that's uh, a little more interesting than people may have thought. So, Yeah, one thing to remember, people, this happens every year. You know, you can't react after one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to get beat by 30 again in this series, even though that, you know, they, it's a good chance that they lose the series. I don't, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And, um, you know, if Utah, to give you an update, they're up four start of the fourth quarter. If they were to somehow beat the Clippers tonight, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win the series, you know. Right. Um. So, uh, just very, very important to remember in these these playoff series, just because something happens in game one. Um. What wasn't it? Was it when Dallas won the title? Didn't Miami win game one pretty big, and everyone thought that LeBron would just cruise to that title, and then Dallas just ripped off a bunch of games in a row and took it to him. So. Yeah, I think Dallas won yeah. like three or four in a row. I think they won like three games in a row that series. Mm-hmm. It was you can't overreact to game one. I think in, with a team like Toronto that's been there, I think, and they they made good moves this year with Obaka and Tucker. I think they're built for to overcome stuff like this. You know, I don't. I think DeRozan and Lowry will will, will shape up a little bit, but I, I think they're kind of um, they're built to to withstand a game like this. So. So have we pretty much talked ourselves into the rematch then of Warriors Cavs? Pretty much. I don't think there's anything. Nothing's going to talk me into anything else. I, I would love to see it. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. Like the, people talk about the NBA season doesn't start till the playoffs. I don't agree with that. I think it's one of the most exciting regular seasons. But I mean, you know, if if it, if it was chalk in any other league, if it's chalk going into the finals, it's a little bit boring. But in the NBA, like with the like, I'm not going to be upset at all to see a third straight finals of the, the me either th- bring it on warriors calves i mean I, that may be the preferred besides like seeing a grizzlies team there that would be like the only other game that would make me happier like yep. I, you don't, I don't think anybody's going to derail them i think it's going to be you know just as exciting as years past and finally get to see like another lebron kd finals which we thought we would see for a couple years in a row back when they played in like it was 2010 we thought that that was going to kind of be like a, you know, a, a new rivalry in the NBA, but Thunder never were able to make it back. So I think that's going to be great to see. I really hope that's what we get. You know, I hope the hope that's what we end up with. So I think it will be, and we'll we'll know a lot more about Cleveland by then. You know, about their right. defensive struggles and if if Tyloo is able to help schematically and you know, overcome that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking over the bracket right now, and I I can't think of too much else. Just say, I mean, by this time next week, I mean, we'll have a good idea how these first-round series 
are going to go. Um, some of them might even be over by this time next week. Right. So uh, if we have any have any quick sweeps, I know the game four uh, in Memphis is um, next next Saturday night. So I mean, Lord Lord willing, we our series won't be <laughs> over yet. But I mean, it's certainly possible. So right, right, and I think uh, it's going to be a fun. Like we'll we'll try to record some some uh, a few extra podcasts over the next week or two um, to kind of recap a few of these series, maybe after some game threes to where you can really see like how teams are going to be playing, how the next round of the series is going to shape up. And obviously we're, uh, we're planning on doing a little bit of extra coverage on our hometown Grizzlies just to, to satisfy our own, our own uh, infatuation with them. So look for that. And I think it's going to be a fun playoffs and interesting, uh, very interested in continuing to break it down. And uh, by the way, I wanted to say this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Ray Felton is a pretty fat dude. Like he's <laughs> like that guy. He's the you know he's the he's wearing the old undershirt, uh, the short sleeve shirt under the jersey move. Yes. He's a little he's a little flabby. But my <laughs> my my gosh, I heard I think it was Bomani Jones or somebody today said that Al Jefferson and CJ jo- or CJ Miles were both like uh, players that they're they're all, the only shape they're in. They play themselves into shape. Like there's no type of off season workout. They're just in basketball shape. Like they don't, they don't. There's no definition on either of those guys. Like they just. What about Zebo? Play basketball. Same way. Actually, he's pretty trim, but same way. Well, yeah, he did slim down. He, he did down. slim down a those, lot. Those, but those guys anyway. that those guys that look like they didn't do anything in the off season, but but chill. I mean, they, but still, they come out and they'll get, fill you up with like twenty and ten. Yeah. Like that you know, but. Craft. They're crafty guys. They're just vets. <laughs> yeah. But um, but on that note, I guess we'll see who uh, this looks like. It's going to close out pretty well here with the Clippers and uh, Clippers and uh, Jazz. So we'll see how that game one ends. But other than that, we'll see uh, day two of the playoffs tomorrow, and, and we'll talk to you soon here on No Easy Buckets. So I uh, think yes, uh, sir. Yeah, No Easy Buckets. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll do. We'll join us later this week. Appreciate it, guys.